Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, Gavin Lux is officially out for the season with the torn ACL. We'll talk about his reaction, his team's reaction, the plan to replace him, and whether it was a mistake for the Dodgers to not sign a different shortstop this offseason. Uh, and we'll also talk about Julio and Syndergaard both making their first spring appearances and how those went. So that's the plan. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, my name is Jeff Snyder. My normal co-host is Vince Amperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And uh, yeah, the, the big news today, we talked about it yesterday. We talked, you know, that we some of what we would have talked about today, we did talk about yesterday. We talked about what the options are. Uh, if Lux was out for the season yesterday, we maintained hope that he might not be, or at least we pretended to maintain hope. Uh, I think we all expected it to be bad news. Uh, it turns out it was the worst possible news, really, based on what happened. It's a torn ACL. Lux is out for the season. Um, I guess the silver lining is it's February, uh, late February. I guess when you're listening to this, it's March 1st, but the injury happened on February 27th. Surgery on March 7th. Uh, Generally, the recovery time is about eight months, which puts him fully recovered early November. And that means a full healthy offseason of getting ready for 2024. But it does suck for Gavin Lux and for the Dodgers. You know, for, for the Dodgers, they were planning on Lux being the starting shortstop. And now he's not. And that is, uh, yeah, it, it, it's bad news. Um, it's not the worst news possible uh, just because they do have two other shortstops on the roster, like we talked about yesterday. They have Chris Taylor, they have Miguel Rojas. And when Dave Roberts announced on Tuesday morning that Lux is out for the season, he said that uh, Rojas will get the bulk of the starts at shortstop. Chris Taylor will get some too. And, uh, you know, we we talked a little bit yesterday about the pros and cons of each. And uh, I, I had said I was more on board with Taylor uh getting the starting role to leave Rojas as the utility infielder uh, and then just fill the hole in the outfield uh, with James Outman or someone. And, uh, you know, but I understand the Rojas decision. Uh, Rojas, like, like we said yesterday, he, he definitely will be a better defender there. He's played there more recently and at a higher level. Uh, but I think Taylor will provide more offense. I, I think the plan is still to have Taylor in the lineup nearly every day either at center field or left field or now second base shortstop or third base. And, uh, you know, it just adds more positions to what Taylor will be playing this year. It was kind of interesting. Like I said, uh, Dave Roberts said that uh, 
Chris Taylor would need to get on a throwing program to get used to throwing from shortstop. You remember before, like last offseason, between 21 and 22, uh, Taylor had surgery to remove some bone chips in his elbow, his throwing elbow. And uh, because of that, he didn't play the infield for the first three or four months of the season last year. Uh, and they originally said he wouldn't play the infield at all because of the throws. They want to keep him in the outfield where the throws are less frequent and uh, just the throwing angle, all of that. Uh, just thought it was easier on him to p- play left field. He did end up playing some infield later in the year. Um, but uh, this year he's fully healthy, but he hasn't necessarily been built up. So Robert said that he would need to get on a throwing program to get built up. Interestingly, later on Tuesday, Chris Taylor told the media, he said, I've been doing a throw, throwing, throwing program. I'm not sure if Doc knows, but I've been doing stuff and taking ground balls and throwing from the infield and the outfield. So I was trying to anticipate something happening. So I was prepared. Uh, he, he said he'd been mostly taking ground balls at second base, but he thinks it shouldn't take too long to get the field back at shortstop uh, because he'll be playing there more than anticipated. He said, yeah, I think the plan was mainly left and center. So now I'll be playing some short and third too, I believe. Uh, which is the, you know, for the the longer throws, shortstop and third base. Uh, Taylor hasn't played a ton of third base. That was one of the reasons I was more in favor of Taylor as a shortstop because Rojas does have more experience at third base. Uh, but I, I think Taylor will be fine. I think he's athletic enough and has the arm for it. Uh, it's just a matter of getting used to it. And the fact is Max Muncy's going to be playing there most of the time. We really are talking about, as long as Muncy's healthy, we're talking about an occasional start at third base, not any sort of a, regular regular basis so i i think that'll be fine um you you feel terrible for lux lux talked to the media and he was near tears a couple times he said it's every kid's dream to play shortstop for the dodgers and and he started to break down saying that um just there there it was really heartwarming to see uh his teammates reached out to him there's some some interesting quotes from freddie freeman he said, yeah, you feel bad for him. He worked so hard this offseason in the spring, too. It's just tough. I texted him, and then I FaceTimed him. It looked like he'd just finished a little tear session, so I told him to go to cry a little bit more. There's no need to be a tough guy right now. Your dream is to play baseball, and it's taken away from you for a year. Then I put Charlie on the FaceTime to cheer him up a little bit, and he smiled, so that was working. Words sometimes can be a little more depressing, so I just tried to cheer him up as best as I could. Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman is definitely qualified to talk about how it's okay to cry sometimes. Uh, don't tell David Vasse I said that, but uh, yeah, it is okay to cry sometimes. I wonder what Vasse thinks. Is he, is he questioning Gavin Lux's manhood uh, like he did to Freddie Freeman last year? Anyway, uh, feel terrible for Lux, and, and it's just a, a huge blow to him, to the Dodgers, and, and you know, I think the Dodgers will survive. I think they're going to be just fine. Um, obviously, I... I've been on the Lux train for years. You guys know that. If you're regular listeners or viewers here, I have been the captain of the Gavin Lux fan club for for two or three years. Um, I really, I believe he is extremely talented and he's going to be great. And I thought this year was going to be his year. I thought he was going to show everybody that the concerns about him playing shortstop were unfounded. Uh, I thought he was going to pick up where he left off before the neck injury last year and hit really well it was going to be his year. And so it, it's, it's a huge bummer, but the Dodgers do have depth. They do were prepared for this. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about, you know, some comments I've seen in our YouTube comments uh, on social media about how 
Uh, basically, the Dodgers messed up by not re-signing Trey Turner or going after a different shortstop. Uh, and now they're paying for it because Lux is out for the season and they have to go with a backup. I'm going to talk about those uh, criticisms and whether or not I agree with them. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first lesson every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, I am back. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, I'd love to hear from you in the comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, I'd love to hear from you, you know, through social media or email or whatever. I'll give you all the contact info at the end. Like I always do speaking of the YouTube comment section, I just want to share something beautiful with you guys. Um, a couple days ago, sometime last week, I think I did an episode about Julio and whether he and the Dodgers are headed for a breakup. And, uh, I talked about how. The Dodgers would like to have Julio back, um, but at their price, you know, they're not going to go too far out of, you know, basically I said, if Julio is going to be a typical Scott Boris client, he uh, probably isn't coming back to the Dodgers because the Dodgers probably aren't going to give him as many years as he's looking for, but that they'd like to have him back uh, on his terms, on their terms. And uh, a listener or viewer on YouTube um he, he disagreed with me, but not the way you might expect. He disagreed with my assertion that the Dodgers would like to have him back because in his view, the Dodgers are a racist organization that hates Julio because he's Mexican. You know, but, but what I really want to share with you guys is the magic of how he shares his views. Um, he, he thinks Magic Johnson is the head of the, of the racist, racist brigade against Julio. Uh, and he's the reason they don't want him back. And he was very angry at me for suggesting that they do want him back. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm about to pop up a screenshot of these comments. And if you're not, I shared it on Twitter, but uh, you know, maybe want to hop on YouTube just to, to watch this part at least. Uh, it, it's pretty beautiful. I'm popping it up now. He says, Jeff J. Snyder, don't lie, my friend. And, and you got to see this. It's, it's like it's written out like it's a poem, like the, the length of the lines and everything and weird punctuation and weird capitalization. It, it looks like an abstract poem or a beat beat poetry or something. He says, Jeff J. Snyder, don't lie, my friend. The Dodgers top management wants him out. Magic Johnson wants him out. The Dodgers want Othani, which I assume means Shohei Otani. But he said Othani. And in his next comment, the Dodgers are a compromise and corrupt organization. Now, with Mis with Magic Johnson and company and Mr. Jeff J. Snyder, your venomous mouth is full of lies. You should figure out a way to better say your lies. It's, uh, it's beautiful. 
And he said, I should figure out a, a, a way to better say my lies. And I said, perhaps a weird form of poetry. Um, anyway, so even if that's your YouTube comment, I'd love to hear from me you on YouTube. I told you guys, I read every YouTube comment. I don't always get to respond. And, uh, and I hope they're not all like that. Um, I'd, I'd be interested in uh, if you have other forms of weird poetry you want to share with me for your comments. Um, but this one, th th this was magical and I had to share it. Uh, I'm putting it on the ticker now at the bottom just because we all need to remember that my venomous mouth is full of lies. Reminded me of Elf when, uh, when, when Buddy the Elf realizes that it's a fake Santa at the mall and he tells him, you sit on a throne of lies. Uh, he should have said your venomous mouth is full of lies. Uh, I read that 10 times before I realized he had misspelled venomous, but that makes it even better. Anyway, so thank you for the comment, Juan Juan. I appreciate that. Hope you're still watching and listening. Um, I disagree with you. I don't think the Dodgers are a racist organization that doesn't want Julio back because he's Mexican. You know, that's just me, you know, to each his own. Uh, my venomous mouth might be full of lies. Uh, but with that said, uh, other YouTube comments that we got and comments on social media basically saying that the Dodgers messed up by uh, cheaping out and going with Gavin Lux at shortstop because now Lux is hurt and they don't have a shortstop. And I think there's a logical flaw there because Gavin Lux didn't get hurt because they didn't sign Trey Turner. If they had re-signed Trey Turner, it might've been Trey Turner who got hurt. And then they'd still be without a shortstop, except it would be a much more expensive guy sitting on the injured list. Um, you know, the Dodgers didn't re-sign Trey Turner because they thought it was time to give Gavin Lux a chance at shortstop. The Dodgers business model is to build a sustainable winner. The Dodgers don't want to deal with championship windows like most teams do. Most teams, like even the Padres, they have made it official their extension, uh, contract extension with Manny Machado. And, and the payment structure, he's not getting paid very much the first three years of the contract, and then he's getting paid more later. And that's so that they can afford to go after other guys these next few years because they are building a championship window. They, they want to put together the best team they can and try to win the World Series, um, knowing that they're going to pay Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts to be 40 years old. Uh, and, and that's not necessarily a recipe for winning. Obviously, the money they're getting paid at age 40 will be worth less then than it is now. I, I don't think, you know, Manny will be getting $42 million when he's 40. $42 million then won't seem like as much for a baseball player as it does now. But the Dodgers, they, they do things differently, and that's by design. And it's not because they're cheap. It's because the way to build a sustainable winner is to, A, recognize that free agency is not the only way to build a, a baseball team. And it's often not even the best way to build a baseball team. That That's really important. And that's something that people forget because every year there's different guys available in free agency. And sometimes the guys available are really good. And sometimes they're not. And yet they always get paid, you know, roughly the same amount. The top free agent gets this much. And, you know, and so you end up paying according to the market instead of according to the player and the value he's going to bring. Another reason is simply that most of the time by guys hit free agency, they are past their prime. And, and, and you know, the, it wasn't the case necessarily with Machado and Harper uh, because they started so young. Mike Trout, if he had ever gotten a free agency, kind of would have been the same thing. Um, but most guys hit free agency 
around age 28 to 30. And at that point, they are generally past their prime. And, you know, it doesn't mean they don't have any productive years left. You know, obviously you look at, you know, Freddie Freeman was what, 32 when the Dodgers signed him and they believe he has productive years left, but you know, Freddie Freeman is past his prime, not necessarily way past his prime. Doesn't mean he's going to be significantly worse. Um, but I guarantee the Dodgers would have rather signed Freddie Freeman when he was 27 than when he was 32. Um, it's just the nature of baseball players. And that's how free agents are. Most of the time, they're past their prime. And, and so you're paying the market value for a guy who's past his prime. Whereas the other ways to build a team, you can make trades. You you build up a great farm system and you have the assets to make a trade for a guy like, say, Mookie Betts. Uh, you, you can sign lesser free agents and knowing that you can do good things with them like Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney and, you know, guys like that. Uh, even, you know, hopefully Noah Syndergaard this year, I'm going to talk about Noah Syndergaard in the next segment, his first appearance of the spring, or you can build through the farm system. And, and the last 10 years when the Dodgers have dominated the national league West, it, a lot has been because of the farm system. You know, it started with Yasiel Puig and then Jock Peterson and Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger and Walker Bueller and Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May and, and all these guys, Will Smith. They have so many guys who came up through their farm system because they they develop players well. And Gavin Lux is one of those guys. Gavin Lux is a former minor league player of the year, according to Baseball America, in 2019 as a shortstop. It was Gavin Lux's turn to be the shortstop for the Dodgers to build the sustainable winner. They had to basically give Gavin Lux a chance to be the shortstop. Um, I, I shouldn't say they had to. There are other ways they could have done it. You know, but we, we saw. I think the Dodgers would have loved to have Trey Turner back on a five or six year deal. They would have loved to have Carlos Correa on a five or six year deal. Those guys didn't go that route. Carlos Correa eventually took a six or seven year deal on his third try, but. Uh, you know, the, the the Dodgers weren't interested in this inflated free agent market. Like, I, I think a lot of teams that went crazy on this free agent market are going to look back and say, oh, that was a, a drunken bender that we wish we hadn't done. And, uh, you know, if it leads them to a World Series title, they'll probably say it was worth it. That's the the Dave Dombrowski model, the, the Phillies GM, you know, Go get Trey Turner. They they went to the World Series last year. Let's add Trey Turner. Let's try to win the World Series. And honestly, if the Phillies win the 2023 World Series and then they're terrible for five years, it will be worth it, according to the Dave Dombrowski model. Uh, and the Dodgers do a different model. Their goal is to be very, very good every year, make the postseason every year, and hopefully occasionally go all the way and win the World Series, like they did just two and a half years ago. You know, If they win the World Series again this year, We'll have two World Series titles in four years. That's very good, uh, you know. And you can look back at the ones that they were, uh, you know, had stolen from them for for various reasons. But even with that, if if they can win another one, it's two in four years. And, and yeah, it would be fun if they won every year. It would get boring eventually, but it, it would be fun. That's not how baseball works. And the Dodgers, I am a big fan of their business model. I believe it's the right business model to put together a team that gets to the postseason every year and has a good chance to compete. And sometimes bad luck kicks in, you know, 2021, they were, they were worn out from 
battling to the final day with the Giants. They lost Clayton Kershaw and Max Muncie in the final day or the final weekend of the regular season. And they still took the Braves to six games in the NLCS. Like they, they, the Dodgers could have won that World Series. And there was some bad luck and some they got tired, but it wasn't a flawed approach. 2022, it wasn't a flawed approach. The Dodgers won 111 games. And, and I feel like some people feel like that's a bad thing. Like it's almost embarrassing. 111 games and then got knocked out in the NLDS. Yeah, that sucked. But that doesn't mean it was a bad thing that they won 111 games. They should do that every year. Uh, and what the, what sucked was they had bad luck with runners in scoring position. And, and, you know, we don't know how much of that, you know, maybe 111 games every year wouldn't be nice because they would have that same, we haven't played a meaningful game in a couple months, kind of uh, shock when they did get to the postseason. So maybe it'll be more, more fun this year when the division's more competitive. But the fact is the Dodgers were a couple swings away from sweeping the Padres last year. And who knows what happens then? Uh, instead, they lost to the Padres. Doesn't mean the, the system was flawed. Doesn't mean the approach was flawed. It means it didn't work. And part of the Dodgers approach is recognizing that it's not going to work every year. And so that's all a long way of saying the Dodgers didn't go with Gavin Lux at short because they're cheap. They went with Gavin Lux at short because they thought Gavin Lux would be a very good shortstop. I still believe he'll be a very good shortstop. We'll just have to wait till 2024 to see that in action. And that kind of sucks for him and for us. I'm going to come back in just a minute. I am going to talk about uh, the first appearances of the spring for both uh, Julio Urias and Noah Syndergaard. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. And remember that my venomous mouth is full of lies and keep it locked on Dodgers. All right. I am back for one last segment. I want to thank you one last time for making us your first listen every weekday morning. Um, I'll hide that now. You've seen enough that my venomous life li- mouth is full of lies. Um, it's beautiful. <coughs> Excuse me. So on Tuesday, the Dodgers played the Reds in a spring training game at Camelback Ranch. Game itself was ugly. The Dodgers lost like seven to one or something. Uh, but Julio made his first start of the, of the spring. He went two and two thirds innings, uh, came out with two outs and, and uh, no runs on the board. The guy who replaced him, some minor league pitcher who uh, Hagenman, something like that, gave up an RBI double that run went against Julio's line. So I think technically Julio gets a loss in that game. Luckily, wins and losses for pitchers are even more meaningless in spring training than they are in real life. Uh, Noah Syndergaard came in and pitched two innings, the fourth and fifth innings, I guess. And he he pitched, uh, he struck out two, I think, uh, allowed a hit, no runs. You know, it, it's not about results. Uh, the thing people were most interested in was the radar gun. Uh, and he mostly sat 91-92, touched 93. And uh, after the game, uh, a reporter asked him, basically, is is 92-93 about where you expected to be in this first start of the season? And he said, no, not really, but it's just motivation to keep on working. I'm not too worried about it. I know it's still in there. Just the four months that you're not throwing during your rehab, you kind of lose a little bit or kind of forget how to throw hard. To relearn how to throw hard again, it's not the easiest thing to do. I thought that was interesting, you know, because uh, when Syndergaard talks about four months that you're not throwing during rehab, he's talking about the four months after his Tommy John surgery in 2020. So 
uh, basically he's still talking about, he's saying he forgot how to throw hard three years ago and he's still working on, on remembering it. That's uh it's interesting. I don't know that it's that meaningful, but yeah, he hasn't thrown hard since then. And so, uh, that, that apparently is when he thinks he lost it. Uh, they asked what else he's working on. He said to me, my biggest Achilles heel is delivery. If I can get my delivery down, I'll be able to utilize my strength and power and use it in an efficient manner. I think I'll be all right, but 92 to 93 is not it. Uh, and then later he said, I think we have the right formula down. Just, you know, being consistent with it and trusting the routine, trusting the process. I'm surrounded by the best coaches in the world. So I'm confident that they'll get me back to where I need to be. And uh, yeah, it, it was a, it was a fine outing by Syndergaard. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't the hundred miles an hour that we used to be used to from him. Uh, I don't know that I wanted him throwing that hard in his first start of, of the spring, first appearance of the spring. Anyway, uh, I remember four ish years ago, maybe five years ago, Syndergaard was pumping hundred in his first appearance of the spring and people were excited about it. And I was like, Oh, that seems like a bad idea. Um, and ultimately Syndergaard's arm blew up. I don't know if they're connected, but, uh, I, I do hope he gets back up there, at least in the high 90s. Syndergaard was fine last year, throwing mid-90s. He had a 394 ERA. That's a 103 ERA plus, 3% better than average, better than league average. He's their fifth starter. If they could get a 103 ERA plus from their fifth starter, I think they'd be perfectly satisfied with that. But that's not uh, that's not why they signed Syndergaard, to be a, a roughly league average fifth starter. They signed him hoping they could – find that gas left in his arm and get that velocity back. And, and so there would be some disappointment if he doesn't get back there. Obviously, if he stayed at 91, 92, 93, there would be a lot of disappointment. There would be a lot of concern. But I don't know that anybody ever stays at the velocity they're at in their first spring training start or appearance. And so he's going he's gonna to get better. He's going to throw harder. The question is, is he going to get back to 95 like last year? Or is he going to get back to 100 like early in his career or somewhere in between? And that's kind of what we don't know yet and what we'll be watching to see. Julio uh, looked good. Nothing really to write home about. A little bit of hard contact. He gave up a hard base hit. A couple deep flyouts. Um, he he was a little bit more built up than guys often are in their first spring training start simply because he came in more ready because he's pitching in the WBC. If you didn't hear, he will be starting Team Mexico's first game on March 11th against Columbia at Chase Field in Phoenix. Uh, the next day, they're playing Team USA. So it's kind of a bummer Julio won't be pitching against Will Smith and Mookie Betts. But he will be pitching against, uh, I, I forget if uh, who Team Columbia has. Gio Urshela now, is, maybe? Is he from Columbia? I can't remember. Uh, we have a couple big leaguers, though. Uh, let's see. Gio Urshela. Oh, my internet decided to be slow. Or baseball reference decided to be slow. Uh, so I don't know. We may never know. Gio Urshela is from Cartagena, Colombia. Uh, so yeah, we'll get to face guys like that. Uh, but you know, all that should be televised, so that'll be fun to watch. And uh Julio, let's see, it's this was February 28th that he pitched, pitching on March 11th. So he'll get one more start somewhere. I don't know if it will be with the Dodgers or if it'll be some sort of practice game with Team Mexico. I'm not sure what his schedule is. I know. Uh, I saw that Hassan Kim, they mentioned during the Dodgers-Padres game on Monday that he was leaving after the game to go meet up with Team Korea. But they start a little bit earlier. I think they start March 7th or 8th. 
so yeah, I'm not sure when Julio is leaving the Dodgers. So I don't know if his next appearance will be with them or with team Mexico, but either way, it'll be fun to watch. Nothing really to, to report other than he looked healthy and, uh, looked fine. So we'll, we'll see how he continues to progress this spring, how he does in the world baseball classic. And with that, I think that's about all I have for today. Um, you know, spring training is going. The games themselves don't matter, as we talked about, but they're fun to watch other than when the shortstop goes down with an ACL tear. Uh, it's fun to have baseball back on. It's kind of weird that the games kind of drag on as they, you know, the, this game against the Reds, the last four innings, it was just guys you never heard of driving in, other guys you never heard of, and off of pitchers you never heard of. And so, you know, sometimes you're in the mood for that, sometimes you're not. Uh, I'll admit I only made it through – uh, the top of the ninth. Uh, yeah, I think I turned off in the during the top of the ninth on, on Tuesday, and uh, and I was okay with that. I had stuff to do. Had to go to Costco. You know how it is. Uh, but that's gonna do it for me. Glad my voice held up. I, I just randomly lost my voice this afternoon, but uh, a couple cough drops got it back, and uh, I think we got through this. So remember that my venomous mouth is full of lies, and I should figure out a way to better say my lies. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every morning. And I promise you, I am not being a venomous liar when I tell you that for your second listen, you should check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. uh, If you're not watching or listening to Locked On Dodgers every weekday morning, I would love it if you would add one or two days a month to your rotation. Obviously, subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. In fact, even if you are just a listener, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube too and vice versa. Love to have you subscribed everywhere. And, you know, listen to each episode twice. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at LockedOnDodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I am on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.